2: Who's to blame? They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing... The Gwen Shamblin Diet Cult. Here's what you need to know. Gwen Shamblin Laura grew up in Tennessee, where she was raised in the Church of Christ, an ultra-conservative sect of Christianity. It was at Sunday school that Gwen learned the Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 34-35. Quote, The women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. After struggling with her own weight during her high school years, Gwen studied nutrition, earning a master's degree before becoming a registered dietitian for the Tennessee Department of Health. Through her strict Bible study and passion for nutrition, Gwen had a weight loss epiphany. Instead of counting calories and hitting the treadmill every day. What if she could simply pray off the pounds? From this idea, the Way Down Workshop was born, a Christian diet program that taught women to convert their cravings for food into cravings for God. In the midst of pervasive 80s diet culture, Gwen's weight loss philosophy took off, spreading to churches across the country. She appeared on Larry King Live and the Tyra Banks show preaching her $103 12-class program entitled, Exodus Out of Egypt.
3: Tonight, why are thousands of people singing the praises of this controversial spiritual leader? How
2: can you transfer over the magnetic
0: pull of the refrigerator? I can now stop in the middle of a candy bar. Mm. Okay, now no more battles for me. I don't battle with the food. I don't even think about food until my
2: stomach growls.
0: It's not that haagen is evil, and broccoli is righteous.
2: It's volumes of food. Crying out to God in any form or fashion.
0: Going to God and just saying, God, please help me to want to do what you want me to do. These ladies all credit the way Down Diet for saving their life. Praise
2: God. Yes. Praise Him. Praise Him for good food, good friendship, and and helping us.
0: You know, if you seek him, you will find him. And then the fact is, as your heart gets full,
2: the desire goes away for the food. Instead of talking cake, you fill it up with God, Yet get skinny. Participants received a workbook and a set of audio cassettes with messages like, run to God every time you want to go to food. As other dietitians expressed concerns about the way down, the program fell out of favor in several Christian churches. Disappointed by their lack of faith, in 1999, Gwen established her own church, the Remnant Fellowship. By the early 2000s, she had developed a program targeted toward children, encouraging them to use Bible study as their personal weight loss manual. Her church not only promoted severe submissiveness from women, but encouraged parents to physically discipline their children. In 2003, two members of the church took Gwen's doctrine to the extreme punishing their 8-year-old son until he died. Police raided Gwen's offices in Tennessee, linking her dangerous messaging to the murder. Gwen separated herself from the tragedy, but later contributed funds to the parents' defense. Despite instances of abuse and manipulation, the Way Down and Remnant Fellowship continued to gain believers, and Gwen raked in the cash.
0: I praise God that you have either found the website or that you are visiting the worship services looking for the truth.
2: Her reign abruptly ended last year when her private jet crashed into Percy Priest Lake in Tennessee, killing Gwen and six other church members aboard. News for Nashville starts now with this breaking news alert. In that
1: breaking news alert, a plane has crashed into Percy Priest. The lake.
2: FAA confirmed that seven people were on board at the, the two time. The two-engine
1: plane belonged to Gwen Laura. She is known as a diet book author
2: and founder of the Remnant Fellowship you know, Church. Search crews discovered the plane debris in the area of the crash of the lake. All are presumed dead today. And yet her messaging lives on in churches, on videotapes, in workbooks, and in the homes of thousands of believers. Quote, God did not put chocolate or lasagna or real blue cheese dressing on earth to torture us, but rather for our enjoyment, the Way Down website reads. However, he wants us to learn how to rise above the magnetic pull of the refrigerator so that food does not consume our lives. End quote. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. The Remnant Church has over 1,500 members in 150 congregations around the world. According to their website, its membership has a combined weight loss of 30,000 pounds. After the murder of 8-year-old Joseph Smith, his Remnant member parents Joseph and Sonia Smith were sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years for beating their son and locking him in a wicker box where he perished due to a combination of suffocation and a blow to the head from the box's lid. Shamblin's reign over Remnant ended on May 29th, 2021, when the plane that her husband Joe Lara was flying crashed into Percy Priest Lake with her, their son-in-law Brandon Hanna, and four other church leaders on board shortly after its takeoff. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Alicia Gaddis. Alicia is an Emmy and Latin Grammy Award winner, humorist, writer, and performer. She's one half of the husband-wife duo, The Lucky Band. Her book, Your House Keys Are in the Dryer, comes out in October. Hi, Alicia. Hi, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Welcome. Please start off by telling our listeners a little bit about your book that's coming out in October.
4: Yeah. And before the show, you told us you're really good at this and you love promoting the, the book. <laughs> yes. It's going to be I really smooth I mean, and perfect for wait. podcasts. So I, we just yeah, can't wait until this.
3: I'm not at all in the fetal position under my desk being like, <laughs> my mom taught me not to be waspy about this. Uh, uh Yeah, my book. Oh, God. See, I (laughs) get can't even think it's like an intimate setting that makes you feel clammy as well. Uh, My book, Your House Keys Are in the Dryer, is a parenting haiku book. Um, I wrangled up a bunch of my mom friends who are hilarious writers and people in life. And uh, we during the pandemic, like during lockdown, we only had about, you know, 12 minutes between our kids like screaming for dinner and screaming (laughs) for hugs and screaming for a bath. So I said, what's the shortest way, shortest thing to do in that time is write haikus. And then we put together this incredible book and it, yeah, comes out in the fall. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's for parents and it's an easy read or not parents. Like if you want to just make care, make fun of children and how hard parenting is.
2: That's you can right. Buy it too. As a non-parent, I love to make fun of children. <laughs> <laughs> so Alicia, we'd like to start off the show by asking our guest. What is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night?
3: Oh, gosh, isn't the world keeping you up at night? (laughs) These days? No. I mean, I'm totally so chill. Nothing affects me. Everything's fine. I feel like just like breathing is keeping me up at night. You know, like I think it's, it's keeping nice. you alive at night. Yeah, Aww. You need that. I like that positive spin. You're like, <laughs> you're like, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest things that's keeping me up at night is just, uh, it's just having to make like, honestly, like the weight of the world of how to like to have a child of like, how do I continue them forward in the world in this way? Ugh. Like every night I'm just like, how do I fight, fight harder? How do I like, you know, how how do I come to terms with what's happening and and, and evolve it and, and make it better? I'm like, did I write enough letters? Have I been in a parade? Have I called enough senators? And then there's always something new. It's literally like a bombardment of making me alarmed at night, truly, truly. Oh. You know,
2: it's, it's I, a lot. Honestly, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that kind of pressure. It's already enough. The feeling that you're you're doing it for just mankind, let alone <laughs> like your humankind, I should say. Um, yeah, hey, <laughs> let alone I, your children. You know, like. I can't imagine it's like,
3: like, like before anything, I was just worried about like, Oh, remember, remember in the good old 2019 when we were all just worried about like killer mosquitoes. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was like, Oh, how do we get rid of the Los Angeles mosquitoes? And everyone got those kill buckets. And that was our big problem. Like, Oh, I don't even killing. remember that. I think <laughs> I blocked that out. <laughs> because that simpler was just times. a blip, simpler times. Yeah. I just, at night, I'm like, come on, killer mosquitoes, just make my life good again. Mm-hmm. Come on,
2: mm-hmm. just, just so like- you know, they're still here, so you no! should continue yeah. to worry about
4: it. <laughs> yeah, they just
2: found West Nile in Los Angeles mosquitoes. Oh, yeah, Rebecca, yeah, Rebecca, yeah, no, I'm that's what I'm oh, here God. for. Oh, thank you. Why
4: can't one of these crises, like, why can't one of these crises, like, cancel out of the other? Like, why couldn't COVID? kill right. the mosquitoes or we something. need a win
1: i feel like yeah, that's what you're need saying need we need a win, a win. like yeah. we haven't had anything get solved
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah nothing is solved it's just like a pie <laughs> along you're like okay <laughs> racial injustice is mixed with school shooting mixed with like now i'm not oh, charging no. my own body yeah oh, like no. seriously you like need a you, win you need a win it's like it's so, it's like just maybe pass out free tickets to disneyland and make <laughs> us forget about it for the for the day we i actually don't know ha- america we actually
4: we actually had an episode about uh disneyland being overcrowded and Uh, the opening uh, of the opening it was a real disaster so i know that was just your first idea but we're gonna need some other ones (laughs)
2: okay okay i'll I'll (laughs) workshop i'll workshop perhaps (laughs) the neat the win we need is to figure out who's to blame for (laughs) the gwen chamblin
4: (laughs) maybe that'll feel make us feel a little better
2: i'll tell you what that transition was a win for me Mm -hmm. Um, i agree I'm impressed. Thank you. <laughs> so we just need to start off by putting Gwen Shamblin up on the board. Number one is Shamblin. This is according to Salon. Shamblin Lara used the language of manipulation present in many alleged cults to control believers. She tailored her teachings to an audience of the faithful by having them believe that the message she spread was one communicated to her by a higher power. She told her congregants that people in Way Down who were not a part of Remnant, were gaining weight back from not being a part of the true religion she preached. Quote, the overarching theme of everything she ever taught in there was about being under God's authority, which was her. One former member says, everything fell around that, and then everything else was about the weight and what you look like. She was the voice from God. Quote, she beckoned to people, Reverend Rafael Martinez, a cult interventionist, says in the series, she began to believe that the Way Down workshop message was the answer to all the world's evils. Christian perfectionism could only be achieved by following her message. So she was I mean, I don't know if you've watched the documentary series on HBO Max. The it was called The Way Down.
3: I did. Uh, Okay. I did.
2: Yes. So- riveting. Riveting. Mm-hmm. Riveting. <laughs> riveting. So much footage of her, also like, oh my gosh, sp- speaking to the congregants, and and her language,
1: that voice, that
3: accent. Oh, mm-hmm.
2: sorry. <laughs> I know. So it's just like, I'm,
3: God is through, like, he is speaking through me and y'all. And it, like the 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 skinnier she got, I just want to point out through, like, I'm bearing the body positivity. I want to represent that and all mm-hmm. of this, but the skinnier she got, the bigger her hair got, mm-hmm. the, like the higher to God, her hair mm-hmm. was. And I think it she was trying just to get closer. Cats. She was trying to get closer to God and hiding sake. snacks in there. It was it just like a little snacks. snack drawer. Like it's like but <laughs> that was like the progression of her from the 90s to 2019. That it's, was interesting. The hair progression.
2: Yes. And also the um the the part line kept,
0: mm. you
2: know, Going, it just felt you like were much able to more f- of a find a part coma line work. in there. <laughs> Eventually, no. That's really impressive. That's a <laughs> very trained eye
4: <laughs> on your really part.
2: That side part started from the ear. I'm not I, kidding. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That was that was a choice. So there's something there, perhaps. But I think <laughs> should we
4: put the hair on the board?
2: Put the hair on the board. Yeah, <laughs> the
4: magnetic pull of the <laughs> hair.
2: I don't know. We don't know how she got it done, but. Uh, it, it was just incredible, like the, the power that she held over these people. And um, the, the, I, I, I'm always so um, infuriated, I guess is the word, by cults, because they do prey on people who really are looking for answers and really, truly want to find help. And she just saw an opportunity
4: well here we are at the beginning of the show talking about how the world is so confusing disorienting Uh and only getting worse um you know you can only imagine um you know what what it's like for people who i don't know don't have a sense of community don't have people to rely on in their lives and so you know sort of lost souls floating around the earth somebody comes up and says you know read the bible and you can lose 20 pounds hey that sounds like a pretty good deal
2: Yeah. And maybe this is why I'm so shook because I'm always, I I always remind myself like we're all of us are just one decision away from like landing in a cult. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
3: I, I literally have a disclaimer, not about being in a cult, but I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm in, I'm a mid, I'm a Midwestern, a Southern Midwestern. Mm. I grew up in this culture, like not the Gwen Shamblin culture, but in the church culture. And my husband's like, I don't know how you escaped from it because it was It was just like, there's something in the documentary is like, well, you go to football on Fridays, which my dad was the football coach and then church on Sundays. And that's where the football team and the cheerleaders us went to the youth group. And when I watched this, literally, I was, I swear, my husband was like, are you okay? I I literally was (laughs) like, I kind of, I was like, oh, I could see. I was like, I'm one decision away from being in this cult. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, I get it. I get, he was like, I don't get it at all. He was like a Northern Californian bro. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like he's like a Mexican-American. He's like, no, I don't want this at all. And I'm like, no, that she's speaking to this like deep need in people. Like you're saying, Chris, like a belonging and also a dream of like beauty and the biggest the biggest franchises of weight loss. Like if you are, you can be closer to God, be closer to her, you know, and I, I think about her, her too. Like the thing that's also riveting, Rebecca, to me is that she probably thought she was woke. I mean, she came from a church where women weren't allowed to speak and here mm-hmm. she is a pastor. Mm-hmm. So people must be like, wow, she, you know, I'm sure they weren't like a feminist, but they were probably like, look at this lady who was like standing up for herself. There's like a lot of dynamics going right. on in this situation for totally. the congregation and for women who are suppressed in that culture. You see some uh, a pastor who's a woman mm-hmm. and you think, There's a way out in my abusive, submissive relationship.
1: It's genius too, because the the, the in is not necessarily like religion or cult. It's like you're paying on people's identities or their their weight, which everyone is obsessed with regardless of like your your religions or politics. Yeah. 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 Everyone's kind of self-conscious of their weight. It's like a societal thing. So like you go there for the weight thing and suddenly you're like. suddenly it's quite religious and quite Mm culty and like you're getting wrapped up in all of that. Mm
2: -hmm. Something you said, Alicia, I I think it's important to talk about where she was part of this female uh, suppressed culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And something I found so interesting in watching the documentary and learning more about this was how she, the, the way she set up her church was that she taught women to continue to be suppressed and to obey and right. even like the the way the leadership worked was like the hierarchy of the leadership was there's god then there's the male leaders mm-hmm. and then there's her there's Gwen and then there's the rest of the congregation <laughs> right. and that to me but clearly she was the leader right mm-hmm. um but she was using that culture to be like i don't want to be one of those women that's suppressed i want to be the leader mm-hmm. but this is a culture that's not if I'm going to get all these people on board, I got to stay with the status quo mm. and I have to continue perpetuating this kind of thinking. So it's like she got herself out,
0: yeah. but then
2: she put more women under this kind of like suppressed
0: yeah.
2: way of being. It, it reminds me of like wim- and some women that um, perhaps people have encountered. I don't think it's as prevalent right now but um, women who in the beginning of like the 80s w- were successful and thrived off of being that only woman mm. you know and and it was competitive nature that like patriarchy just like <laughs> pushes into us where it's like there's only one a there's only room for one,
3: one. It's, like, <laughs> it's like a stand-up show in los angeles it's all men and you've got like one woman and one person of color like and scene you know yes. like that exists like that exists now you know like that how do we
1: up. put that on the board like is that a power or room for or...
2: one i don't know it's something it's i know it's deeply rooted in the patriarchy yeah. where it's like and and it really what it does is it is it it makes us fight amongst each other, mm-hmm. you know.
4: So do you want to put patriarchy?
2: Or, <laughs> I guess. I mean, let's get more specific. Let's, let's yeah, put for patriarchy Gwen.
4: for starters, yeah, because that that is what she's that's the playbook that she's working from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for her more specifically, it's like she
1: was on a quest for something. If she was, as you said, Rebecca, kind of playing the game but elevating herself, like what is she after? Does she need? Is it like, does she want notoriety or power or fame or like, what does she, what would be right. the blame for that need to mm. put herself in that spotlight?
2: I mean, she wants what everyone, what a lot, and maybe not what everyone wants. I don't think we all want. You're one. like just I, my friends. <laughs> but I think she, she, want, she saw a way of, you know, getting herself out of the system and mm being a leader. I mean, she had a personality of a leader in a yeah, in a society power, yeah, followers. where where she's not allowed to have uh, be a leader. Um so it's a very human
4: okay, How about this?
2: desire but a very like vicious like a, a selfish right. way of going about it.
4: Is there like on the in a sinking boat she got on the life raft for one. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen Gwen and children yes. first.
2: Gwen and no, no, just Gwen, Gwen first. first. <laughs> Gwen first. I love that. I'll come I back for it. you
4: guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
2: Um, okay, while we're at it, we need we. I just want to put up the male leadership for, of the church up on the board, and uh, Ooh, a lot cool. of people in the documentary like talk about this uh, one of the leaders, Ted Anger, um, and who was happened to be Gwen's right hand man. I mean. The, the women in the, in the, in the congregation were t- made to be subservient to men. If not, they would be reported or Ted and other male leadership would um, – they would be reported to Ted or the other male leadership. And then they'd have to go to this leadership council, which they described as being like torture. Um, oh. They were watched. They were controlled. All of their social media was controlled. I mean, it sounds like A
3: real fun time.
2: just a real party over there sounds so good (laughs) just cozy (laughs) um so we got the men up there uh let's also put up the religious aesthetics um This is according to MSNBC. For Shamblin, it was about making the church look good and bolstering the products and materials sold with her program. With her blonde bouffant and high heels, Shamblin's aesthetic appealed to many of the Christian women and men who followed her because they recognized it. While Shamblin's ministry may look to some just like a weight loss program based on scripture, it is about the aesthetics of a prosperity laden Christianity that has made women over themselves to prove their holiness. Mm.
4: Well, this is what Alicia was talking about, right? Which is like the culture, mm-hmm. um, and the way that Glenn kind of, oh, Glenn, sorry, Gwen had the had the playbook of the culture. She spoke the language. Mm. When you speak the language of the natives, like, what is your? At you have such an advantage, um, mm-hmm. to sort of, um, I guess, climb the social ladder and you know, establish yourself as a leader. So I don't know how to put that and put it up on the board. I have an idea that Mm -hmm. I wanted to, that I think that I wanted to throw that might encapsulate
1: that. I wanted to put up the concept of Christian supremacy. The idea that there are, there is a certain sect of Mm -hmm. Christians who believe that their religion is the only one true religion and true God and all other religions are false. Yeah. And a lot of those people are the people who are now trying to pass laws that are affecting all of our lives. But mm-hmm. this I, this concept that like you can believe or convince people to believe that, that your Christianity is so right mm-hmm. that it should be at the expense of all other people because they are sinners and they are not enlightened right. and yada, yada, yada.
3: I mean, yeah, I... I- Oh, oh, especially with the, her establishing the remnant church, you know, her, when she did that and it went out, you know, with the, the Trinity and I was like, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to the Trinity. I'm going to align myself specifically with God. And that's when, you know, people started bailing, but she was like, this is the way, this is the light if you're not into it. And at that point, like, I think her her voyage of power and the rise of what she did. I, I really found it so interesting in the documentary how the woman, one of the one of the testimonials was like at the beginning she was so pure like her Mm -hmm. love for God and children and they had those clips of her like hugging people like I believe that her she really really you know and like a zealot a narcissist that truly she believed that this this was the way like she absolutely so from that Christian supremacy there's like a lot of duping and like tax evasion and you know the Mm -hmm. arms of the companies and all the things that were happening because of of the conglomerate of what remnant church was and you know is and if it's whatever it is still but i truly believe that her her mind was that she was right you know like it was in her progression of the weight loss plan everything about what she was preaching she was so believable because she really really felt it you know which is why the the flock came you know it was like there was no there was no like the wizard curtain it was like she doesn't believe it and she secretly is like Doing all these other things outside of it, like she was like living it, and right. she got rid of her fat husband. I mean, he was like, he was, she was like, you're not living it. You can't be part of my journey. You know, this is like what the church's image is. Like you were speaking about Clayton, like and Chris, like this is this is what it is.
1: You said narcissism, which I feel like is a good word, and I yeah, almost feel that's... like maybe. I mean, but for her, it seems like it was almost unconscious. To, to Alicia's point, like maybe we put up unconscious narcissism, like she didn't realize
4: how into her own ideas. I like she that was. actually. There there is, uh, you know, it's fascinating thinking about this because you're so right, Alicia. There is this um, belief that, mm-hmm. th- and w- what what becomes frustrating as a just a member of society witnessing this is that the the steadfast belief that. Their way is the only way, mm-hmm. and you have people who genuinely—and you watching this documentary and hearing her speak—you genuinely believe that she believes right. the yeah. only way people can be good and achieve salvation in this life is to be this particular brand of of <laughs> a ne- of a religion that mm-hmm. is a that you know is yeah is so specific mm-hmm. and <laughs> in a liberal democracy the whole thing you're supposed to do in America is respect others and respect mm-hmm. the, what they believe and res- and and allow for that but what you have with i guess you would call it uh i love christian supremacy i feel like I it fits right into mm-hmm. that which is like we believe it, that this is the only way right and 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 then they carry out their lives and culture in that um vain, and yes. they treat others like outsiders and like heathens and mm-hmm. like evil.
2: well, I was going to put up religious fundamentalism, but okay. I think Christian supremacy is actually better. This is according to Bustle. The Remnant Fellowship Church came about after Shamblin decided that the Christian church had been corrupted from within and that it was her duty to create a place for true believers to practice their faith. The name stemmed from Shamblin's belief that her congregation was the true remnant of the Christian church, essentially declaring all other Christian churches irrelevant. Britannica says the central theme of the fundamentals was that the Bible is the inerrant word of God associated with this idea was that was the view that the Bible should be read literally whenever possible and that believers should lead their lives according to the moral precepts it contains especially the Ten Commandments
4: which is just like reading the Bible literally well it's just so ridiculous (laughs) because it's like what are you taught like what part of the Bible what exactly what are you supposed to take literally and like there's so much old shit in there. You're just like, how could you possibly take <laughs> you're Like old? didn't
3: King Solomon have like 77 wives? Like which right. part do you want to choose? Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> um it, it really angers me too uh when the the Bible is weaponized, you know, mm-hmm. f- as a as a as a tool for evil. Mm.
4: Um Right.
1: In the name of, like, good and holiness. It's, right. It's, it's like,
2: just, you'd think we'd be able to see through it by right. now. How many how many of these, uh, <laughs> like, cults or, or or situations do we do we need we, in order for well, people to, like, Well, that's the power of a
1: cult because I think yeah. you can't see it from the inside. It takes mm-hmm. an outsider to be like, whoa. And then until you can really, like, kind of hold the mirror up to nature, as they say. Mm-hmm. And be like, this is mm-hmm. what you're doing. Some people kind of get out I, of it and realize the ways that they were... Mm-hmm or what the wrongs and what they were doing. But it's like, when you're in it, you want to believe so bad that you made the right decision. Cause to admit that you didn't is would have to unpack and unravel so much of your life.
3: And like with, with this in particular, with the weight loss and the way down, it's like gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins, right? That's hard to fight. If you're like, there's a clear list right. of like, if you participate in this, God <sighs> is not going to love you and you are going directly to hell. Talk like, about and, body shaming. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. gluttony, you know, is is just seem as the same way is is at murder. You know, so if if that's on the same list and you're like, well, I better pray this away big time, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I found that so interesting of like, yeah, of course, any weight loss diet is going to work if you're, if you're substituting, like we all know this, but this powerful of a substitute of like, look at this document that's directly part of your salvation. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather turn to this than like exercising? You know, right? It's easier.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like praying is easier than thirty minutes of cardio for sure. Literally, I
1: mean, what's great about this is it's what she was talking about was just portion control. That's what, like, all of of this is literally just like don't eat that much.
2: Right, it's intuitive eating. So simple. simple. If you're hungry, don't eat until you're hungry. Yeah. Well. (laughs) I I wanted to put up fat phobia, but uh, uh, up on the board, which I I feel like is relevant to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, This is according to Salon. This intersection of faith and diet culture is a twisted version of the world of juice cleanses and intermittent fasting in mainstream culture. Replace the negative language Remnant uses to describe plus size people with words like lazy, weak, weak willed or unintelligent. Replace the fear of God as the motivator of the way down workshops with nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. The stigma surrounding plus size people is the same, repackaged in a way that the believers of Remnant understand. Diet culture and fat phobia are so pervasive that they can even infiltrate the places we would least expect it. Members of Remnant aren't special for the way they interpret diet culture. In fact, they're just like us. It turns an unforgiving look at the viewer who would believe they're above cult-like fanaticism. If we're able to ingest certain beliefs about other people in our day-to-day, what's stopping us from taking that further? And I think what they're talking about here is fads. And, you know, we, we've we all heard of all the weight loss programs, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's... Different ways of thinking, like keto, or like you know, there's a whole like market. You know, Mm -hmm. I I remember there's whatever South Beach diet, there's the Atkins diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's new things all the time, right? Exactly. Um, and we buy into it, right? Um, as consumers, I mean, I think it's a little different in that we're not. But is it different? I'm tr- I'm trying to think. Like, I, well, I, I just Rebecca. I just had this like total flashback of at one of the churches I
3: went to. There was a widow's workshop next to the weight Locks workshop. Oh, oh
2: God!
3: And I'm like, wow. Both really felt like they were helping women. And then i I thought about how I used to go, like it was part of the culture I grew up in, as I mentioned, to go to those big um retreat, like uh, retreats mm-hmm. where it'd be like thousands and thousands of kids, and there'd be a Christian singer and you'd, you'd be crying and you'd have breakout groups. Like we'd drive to Colorado from Indiana for this. Wow. And I saw those videos of her, and it was like flashbacks of like that feeling of community mm-hmm. and and what there's so much shame around body mm. that we've all you know that gets perpetuated by as we know like media and society and then the trillion dollar weight loss culture. So if you're in a huge packed auditorium singing praises to God and Gwen and being like I'm I can succeed in this thing that's causing me shame with these other people, mm. there's like an, an outer body experience. I'm mm-hmm. sure that it's like It's uh, it's just the fat phobia that they're perpetuating is coupled with like, but you but in the same token, I believe that you cannot be fat, like you can choose to not be fat. It's okay. You you made bad choices. You've sinned. Let's like work this out <laughs> and, and I will help you yeah. versus like when you buy the South Beach diet book and you're like, I don't know, like logging and you're by yourself and maybe you go to that's why Weight Watchers is continually the most successful thing, right? Because there's mm-hmm. like meetings and communities and I even would correlate. It's like AA for some people, you mm-hmm. know, and as, as knowing what I do about uh, Al-Anon and, and things like that. It's community and there's spirituality, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. So- if
4: you, Sorry.
3: No, no. I was just like these. All these things come up in my head of like with fat phobia and in in community. Like it's just it's so it's so deep. It's so embedded in us, especially as women, especially as women. Oh my god! So true.
4: And when you when you couple community, like you're saying, with um, this fad or trend or whatever, it 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 incentivizes the package a little bit more, right? Yes. it's almost like you do this and you get to hang out with these people. Uh-huh. I mean, personally, watching those people, I, it's, I don't want to. It's hang more out like with them. do this. <laughs> that, that, like, that, do they this weren't doing or, it for me. Or, or else, <laughs> like, do this, or else you'll have to hang out with those people. Would probably be a better motiv- motivator for me. But, um, but the, it's such a good point about the. I don't know how we put this on the board, but like sort of the lure of a community um, mm. is is such a. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, like any of these successful groups, communities, culture uh, movements have to do with um, the people around you and and this sort of like-mindedness, um, you know, and I think fat phobia is definitely, yeah. it, they're just like, look, part of our culture is like, we're all, we hate fat people and they're mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, well, if I have to buy into that, you know, I mean, I guess that's just what it is, which is just sad and, mm-hmm. and horrible. Maybe it's just like a need for like validation or something
1: like, uh, mm. you know, like you join these things because it makes you, it gives you that, that like acceptance that we feel like, sure. Like that we think we need instead of give, finding it ourselves well, internally. yeah. Like,
2: instead of doing the work internally. Yeah.
1: I, I wonder. I
2: mean, there there's also like that aspect of shame. I don't know how we can phrase that um
3: (laughs) (laughs) you're like all these like abstract things you're like yeah (laughs) Yeah,
4: but it's so true (laughs) that the the, the fat the 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 salon article about fat phobia is right you just you can just replace you can say whatever words you want what's happening is they're shaming you yeah Mm -hmm. So should we just put shame just yeah, fashion shame, shame on the board? And uh,
3: and the and the fact that they start their children off that way, that's where I'm just like, oh hells no. Like that's just like that to me really crossed a line. Not that the lines weren't crossed before that. Right. But that's when as like as as someone in the society it was like, oh, I'm going to start I'm telling my children who are learning in life that they're already sinning. If they, if their body is requiring I more know. food that's and, you know, and like they're, you're developing, imagine the, you know, the, 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 the puberty or hormones that didn't get a chance to just like oh be, God. you know, it's like,
2: that's like intense. That is intense. I think that's a good point, and I, I don't want to forget to put the actual Remnant Fellowship up on the right. board. Mm. Um, this is according to Under Much Grace, the aggressive discipline practices taught and followed at Remnant Fellowship contributed to the death of eight-year-old Joseph Smith, according to the oral traditions and the unwritten rules followed within the community of the ch- of churches. The mother of the child contends that she diligently or quote exactly followed the plan of discipline recommended to her by the leadership at the church when she approached them for advice. Young Joseph died as a consequence of asphyxia and blunt force trauma to the head in his Atlanta, Georgia home on October uh, 2003. He was severely and chronically beaten, confined in a closet and restrained in a two by three foot wooden box, which was tied shut with extension cords. Much like the Pearl Method and some of the discipline practices within some of the independent fundamentalist Baptist churches, former members and even the sitter for the child witnessed that members were taught to continue punishment until children were being become would become passive. Hmm. Now, this is something, it wasn't just uh, weight loss that she preached. She also preached that children needed to be obedient to their parents. Um, so this was part of the culture as well. So they, they would encourage parents mm-hmm. to hit their children. And it, was, it, it, was almost, it felt like a, definitely, I mean, obviously, like a control thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know how you can look at that. I mean, for someone to, like, decide to go on a diet or follow a religious belief if, when they're an adult – Mm -hmm. to me is like okay well i i guess i'd encourage you not to uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but like you're an adult and like whatever right um choice but when you're seeing this kind of thing done to children i feel like it takes it to a different level yeah
3: same same just, i mean
1: discredits everything it's like this, yeah, this, can't, exactly. this can't be part of anything
4: by the way under much grace was the resource that we used and i just i just went to this oh, website yeah? it's a blog that is resources for recovery from spiritual abuse and it's oh. run by a woman named cynthia kunzman mm. so anyway mm. i i just thought that that was because i was like what was that
2: yeah yeah i've never heard of that
4: and i guess she was a part of some kind of
2: Cult, Religious political yeah.
4: group or something, and then she turned away from it and started this blog. So anyway,
2: um, I I, I know that we're running out of time, so I want to throw on the board, uh, God being a little too omnipresent. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Because there are levels, you really? a little. On I don't
3: know. It? I you know? Like, take it down a notch, God. Take it down.
4: Right. We know who you are. Yeah,
2: this like, is according to New York Times. <laughs> Victoria Moran, author of Fit from Within, uh, said, "Quote: Interchange is absolutely essential for lasting change of any habits. What's tricky when someone believes their way is the only way. For example." Jesus helped me not eat today. Then the next day, today, I had two candy bars. So who's at fault? Mm. Is Jesus not the Lord of my life, or am I this horrible awful awful sinner? Mm. 11-year-old Nicholas Zanoni, who attends way down and remnant fellowship meetings with his family near Milwaukee, is a believer. Quote, I have only lost about 10 pounds, Nicholas said. I'm working on losing more weight. It's It's all God, really. He'll tell me the weight he wants me to be. So, uh, I mean, why does...
4: This is a researcher. This is like,
2: uh, this is our researcher really wanting, uh, Alex, uh, begging me to ask the question, why does God have to be involved with food? Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Body of Christ, right?
2: Body of Christ. Uh Oh, I like
3: it. It's like... Who, who taught us that like you take, you teach a man to, you know, you give a man a fish he eats for a day, you teach him to fish he eats for the rest of his mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. so much in the bread and the bread, it's all f- food culture is embedded mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Whoa.
2: It's
1: true. I just want to point out that the first four letters of Gwen's last name just spell the word
4: sham. Have we <laughs> noticed that? I'm just looking at her oh, name and I'm just thinking God, no, I'm it's Gwen Sham. Oh my God. <laughs> now I can't just, unsee it.
3: Yeah. It's like people will tell you who they are. If you listen. <laughs> yeah. Just name.
2: It's literally there. Just
1: read their name. Um, um,
2: yeah. yeah. So I, does anyone else have something they want to throw up on the board before uh, we start knocking things off? I think we got a hefty one. All right, mm-hmm. let's take a break and then we'll come right back to knocking things off the board.
4: Okay, who's to blame for the Gwen Shamblin Lara diet cult? Gwen Shamblin. Gwen's hair. Patriarchy. Gwen first slash lifeboat for one. Ted anger. Oh. Religious aesthetics. Christian supremacy. Subconscious narcissism. Religious fundamentalism. Fat phobia. Shame. Remnant fellowship. Or God being a little too omnipresent. Mm, That's a good list. It's, it's
2: really a good list. Good. And I also want to put out, just since we just talked about Sham being in Gwen Shamblin's name, uh, Anger is in Ted Anger's right.
4: name. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa, wait, what?
2: <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean... even
3: see
4: that.
2: <laughs> That's...
3: Oh, so was Ed,
1: so he could not just he could also just be an Ed Her of daughter's
3: middle name is fat phobia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, guys. Now I'm thinking, delgado in Spanish means thin, Skin, skinny man, skinny, skinny,
1: oh. really.
2: So I don't know what that. Oh, well,
1: you'd be high up in Gwen's circle.
4: Work? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She'd love that.
2: You'd be allowed to talk. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like some of this can be rolled oh, yeah. together.
2: Oh yes! I I, first of all, we can take Gwen's hair off. I was going to say. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Here. We're into that. And we can definitely roll a few of these in. Like Ted anger could be rolled into the remnant fellowship. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm
3: I Guess are
2: are we trying to, yeah, like distinguish between the leadership and the uh, congregation, the people who went to the church. mm -hmm. Okay, so we got to keep knocking things off here. Could we move shame into fat phobia? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um Christian supremacy, religious aesthetics, I really like that. One first first lifeboat for one kind <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like
2: <laughs> that goes into the narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but That's I do decline. like that concept lifeboat for, one. <laughs> lifeboat for
3: one.
2: That's the next name of her church next in and, like, and, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, Okay, religious fundamentalism could probably go into Christian supremacy? Sure. And God being too a little too omnipresent?
1: That could also go into like the, the supremacy. supremacy. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that leaves us with Gwen Shamblin herself, patriarchy, uh, religious aesthetics, Christian supremacy, fat phobia, and remnant fellowship. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, do we want to fold fat phobia into religious aesthetics, or vice versa? God, uh, yeah.
4: Is that what's, which one is the religion?
1: Fat phobia could be its own religion.
2: Yeah,
4: those two concepts seem seem really different to me.
3: Okay, Thank yeah. You. Yeah.
4: I feel like patriarchy could probably come off because although
1: it's an uh, influencer, it doesn't seem like what's at the core of what's going on here.
2: Mm, I wonder.
1: Yeah, I mean unless you um, want to blame the patriarchy for fat shaming. Which
2: Well, which we can. Which we can. But and, and for Christian supremacy as well. Mm truth uh, I,
3: yeah but it's almost like the but what kind what came before gwen Chamblin, mm-hmm. like it's like speaks to speaks to the church that she was part of right that caused her to be that way
4: yeah some of this stuff is like yeah exactly like you're saying it's it's context before mm. um gwen kind of
2: mm-hmm. gets involved okay so what do we do here Jeez, man uh, the, we can fold the remnant fellowship into gwen because without her, there's no remnant church.
3: Sure, sure. That's
2: a good one, yeah. I like it.
3: Now, this may be a stretch. Maybe yeah. folding religious
2: aesthetics into fat phobia. Okay. I think so. Okay. So out of these four, I do think we need to blame Gwen Shamblin for her, the Gwen Shamblin diet cult, <laughs> right?
1: Right. <laughs> um, yes, but we have a really good opportunity to slap a major... Influence on what led her to that? And right. Like we have three good backup. Like I feel like oh. between these. Oh my three god! Between remaining... patriarchy,
2: Christian supremacy, and
3: fat phobia, how do There's, you yeah, pick one? I know. Is this is this my therapy session? Is this an intervention? <laughs> What's happening? Is this no. like? I feel like you're seeing. I'm being seen right now.
1: Like, <laughs> it's the power of Gwen's diet. Oh, her I diet. know.
3: It's I like pull out her book. I'm just like. Ah, I relate. She really. I mean, used, these are heavy. These are yes. heavy things.
2: And she used them all to her advantage to put herself again, Gwen first, first on the lifeboat. So what I is know, the most
4: abhorrent? Sorry, Clayton, where were you going to
1: go? No, I feel like I, I know what I want to say, but I feel like Rebecca, what it, you should it really say depend, it,
2: Clayton. This is your chance. I mean, <laughs> I am all
1: about slapping the heck out of Christian supremacy. That's where. Uh, oh, I really. I thought think, you were
2: going to say fat phobia.
1: No, because I, I feel like the fat phobia was a way into the world of Christian Christianity. Ah. I feel like that was kind of the genius thing. Like people who were feeling fat, shamed were then kind of suddenly sucked into this world. And then they kind of got that's when like the brainwashing starts, where like we are the right one. We're the ones mm. doing the right thing. And it's not about your body image. It's about being closer to God. Yada yada yada. It all becomes about the, that. Religious element.
4: That's I mean, that, that I makes a lot of sense
2: living. to me. That that makes a lot of sense to the me. The condo you're trying yeah. to
4: get people to move to buy is is the Christian supremacy, but the kitchen island in that what? com is what gets you yes condo is the fat phobia or the view the view is what makes you view is fat phobia but yeah. then the you're living in the condo the which is Christian yeah with,
2: and the building is really patriarchy yes the building yeah the building is
1: the street the street in town that uh, you live and on and let's is
2: face it Gwen's just the she's the realtor Reals, real she's real the realtor real 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 she real
1: that is. hair is she's definitely a southern realtor with that hair
2: and those heels those heels are deep southern reality to me oh. I mean in the that's the case are we changing it to sending christian supremacy to the alarmist jail like do you blame the real estate agent for i mean i guess you do because they're they're using um she's
1: using it to her yeah she's using it
2: to her Mm -hmm. advantage she knows the bill she knows it's in the patriarchy building Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) yeah she she knows (laughs) this is the town we
1: live in i love this
2: um okay then i think it's settled I'm going to call it, guys. Okay. okay. Christian Supremacy, you're getting the big slap. <sighs> mm-hmm. Gwen Shamblin, you're going to the Alarmist Jail. So, was that a win for us? How do we feel now circling back? Did it feel like a win? I feel great. Ah. Uh. I
3: feel like, was there like a baby jail that patriarchy and fatphobia
2: go to? <laughs> I feel I they're feel in like, there, right? They're, I mean, they I don't know if fatphobia has, is in the apartment. No, they're in the we apartment. Ha- in the yeah. apartment no, we, we've, okay. in a previous
4: episode, we have sent the, uh, the patriarchy to jail. So I think okay, a couple okay. of times now they're serving multiple life terms,
2: but they oh, always the- seem to get out. They're yeah.
3: slippery. Slippery suckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel good about it.
2: I feel good about it. I do. You Alicia, know? I mean, we couldn't have done it without you. Thanks for helping <laughs> us get to the bottom of the Gwen Shamblin diet cult.
3: Oh, I feel like a real detective, like
2: only murders in the
3: building. has mm-hmm. Selena Gomez has nothing on me right <laughs> now. Like, I'm just like a sleuth. feeling good you are,
4: excellent work (laughs)
3: thanks for having me, this was really fun and important right, right,
2: right
4: the rare combo
3: the rare (laughs) combo, (laughs) you're true
2: (laughs) in the aftermath, after the plane crash that led to her mother, stepfather and husband's death Gwen's daughter, Elizabeth Shamblin Hannah has continued her leadership with the Remnant Fellowship. With over a 1,000 members in the church, Gwen Shamblin Lara's religious diet program lives on.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
2: Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early, with fact-checking by Chris Smith, and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the ERIOS Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing The End of the Hawaiian Monarchy.
0: ERIO's Powered by
3: ACAS